Coming up on episode 12 of the Youth Football Podcast. Was your game stopped by the rain this weekend? Did I start playing futsal for Scotland by accident? And is it finally time to move to summer football? Find out on this week's episode of the Youth Football Scotland Podcast. Welcome to episode 12 of the Youth Football Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Binney, joined by my evergreen co-host, Robbie McDonalds. No guest reporters today, but we have got an, a replacement special guest. Robert Black from Dundee Futsal and the Scottish National Futsal team is going to be joining us later on to tell us all about the world of futsal, how you can get involved and how the sport is growing in this country. Something that I hold very close to, to my own heart, so so great to have Robert uh, a teammate of mine um, come on the podcast, Robbie. There are no no club football this week. It's a bit of a a, a different one. Um, international break seems like we we had the last one only a few weeks ago. I think it, there's kind of this feeling in, in in club football that everyone doesn't look forward to, to international breaks. But I think that's kind of changed in Scotland now, hasn't it? That given the fact that the national team are doing so well, that I don't think anyone in in the country can support. Uh, a club team that's actually doing better than the national team just now. That's very true, given the state of some of the Premiership clubs, how they're doing this league. But, yeah, you're completely correct there, especially especially when it's a home game, especially when there's a chance to get to Hamden and get the kind of get the supporters to rally behind the boys. But I think it's, a, it's going to be a really exciting one this week. There's a good chance that we could qualify. I remember, as you were saying there about that kind of feeling, I sat and came up on my Twitter the other day and it was like, I think it was 12 or 13 years ago this weekend was when Scotland drew 0-0 with Czech Republic playing oh, a 4-6-0 that. under Craig Levine. Yeah. And I think back then, when I was a child, I did have that feeling that, you know, when Scotland comes around, you're just trying to get through it, trying to get back to the good, the good, the good club football, getting back to county in the first division back then. But no, no, I think it is, there's a much different mood about the national team now. And I think, yeah, everyone's everyone gets a bit of excitement when the game's coming around. Yeah, it, it felt like I think everyone you know around about our age, Robbie, has, has been scarred from that six four zero against Czech Republic. I think that's just set our country back years from <laughs> from that. Year. Um, but, but hopefully, you know the, the men's team can put in a, a strong performance and do better than the the, the under 17s women's side, um, who unfortunately had a tough three 0 defeat. Um, at the hands of France um, today at the, the Real Consensus Stadium in Italy. Um, although that's it's no real disgrace getting beaten by by France. They're a, a top, top side, so um, un- unlucky there. Um, I think Emma Thompson's own goal gave France a lead. Uh, Justine Roquet of Montpellier, they made it 2-0. Uh, Scotland, from all accounts, played well in the in the second half, but just couldn't quite get a goal in Contisa Bakul Yuliard um, who's just 15 years old by the way made it, made it three minutes with, with, with 10 minutes to go um, now Robbie I think you've got a trip planned this week is that correct you, are you leaving us during the, the international period I do indeed and sadly it won't be to go to Seville I'm going the the other end of Europe off to Denmark to see a few of my worldwide friends so hopefully find a wee a wee Danish pub to watch the Scotland Spain game in. Yeah, Robbie, I think um, some of our more regular listeners will will agree that you're quite a well travelled man. You have friends, it seems from from every corner of of the earth. How how do they deal with the the Highland accent? 
Not very well, mate. Not, not very well. There was one. Actually, two, two of the ones that are going this week. Like, there's a boy from Korea coming over to visit, and then I'm meeting a couple of friends in Denmark. And there was a time where we were, when I was like first getting to know them away on exchange, we were going for a trip and we were in the car. And I started speaking, I was speaking to my Korean friend, and he just he wasn't quite understanding. And the Danish girl translated me back into English so that the Korean could understand. Wait, so there's, there was someone whose Eng, who English isn't their first language who was translating your English into... Into English. Into, <laughs> oh, my God. That was so, a, bit of a, a bit of a tough one to take. It's a, a humbling experience. I'm going, to need this, I'm going to need this individual's phone number so that I can get uh, your own speech translated for the, for the use of this podcast because I can't understand <laughs> you half the time as well. Terrible. I know, shocking. Um... It's not the not the only shocker of the week, Robbie. I think you had a bit of a disaster on Saturday. Is that right? Oh, what a disaster of a day, mate! It <laughs> was, you know, county away day, buzzing for it all week. I've been like, this is fantastic. Get a little trip to Dundee. I can think of better places in Scotland to be going. No, to yeah, I was going to say no one's been buzzing all week for a trip to Dundee. I don't think anyone's ever said that. Well, I was, <laughs> and didn't even make it. Didn't even make it there. We got me and my friends, two of my mates. Ramsey Banks actually who was on this podcast a few weeks ago me yeah. and Ramsey another one of our pals we get down to ScotRail just as we arrive at ScotRail in the morning we get that a dreaded notification that there is a pitch inspection planned in Dundee so we were kind of humming and hawing what should we do should we go should we stay but of course because we're cheapskates we book the advance tickets so you can only go at a certain time so we're like we may as well give it a go if we miss this train and then don't get to go we'll be gutted so we got on the train and probably about 10, 15 minutes later, the game's called off. So where did you get to? Where did the train get to? When you- well, we were, so the game, the train wasn't even, in, it wasn't even in Stirling yet. <laughs> we were like, we may as well like try make a day out of it. So we're like, we'll go to one of the boys. We're going to meet him in Perth anyway. So he was going to get on the train at Perth and come through mm-hmm. to Dundee. So we're like, we'll just go to Perth, visit my old flatmate, have a wee day out there. But the train, the train driver comes on and says that the train is only going at 40 miles per hour because of the rain. <laughs> so we were due we were due into Dundee at 11 o'clock and we got to Perth at 11.45. Oh, wow. That's... Terrible. And then to make it even worse, you had to spend the rest of your day in Perth. I had to spend the rest of my day in Perth. We did a little pub crawl in Perth. There was a few strange establishments, a few strange locals. But it was, you know, it was decent. I was with County fans, so that always brightens the mood. And County didn't lose for once, so that always helps the weekend. Yeah, true. If there's, if there's no weekend, then that means they, they can't ruin it. Yeah, exactly. If there's no football, then the day out cannot be ruined. Yeah, well, you'll be be glad to know I made it to Dundee on Saturday, probably. I was, I was there. Oh, I was hating that. What were you doing in Dundee? Yeah, so as mentioned on, on last weekend's podcast, I was picked to play for the, the Scottish national futsal team in an international friendly against Northern Ireland, um, which was on Saturday night. Unfortunately, we lost the game 2-1. Um, I know, went my country down, Robbie. Embarrassed, it's embarrassed it's te- terrible. Um, but it was, a, it was a really, really, really good experience. Like, really enjoyed, you know, getting to wear the Scotland kit and sing the national anthem and you know the weirdest thing ever is the the level of imposter syndrome is like I've never felt before, like saying "Come on, Scotland!" as if you know I 
I am Scotland. That makes no sense. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> how, how, how am I able to shout that when usually you'd be shouting that from you know, the stands onto a football pitch and there's 50,000 people watching. So that was a really strange feeling. Poor result, but um, really, really good experience. We're going to be talking to Robert um, any minute now when, when, when he joins a, the podcast to speak more in, in detail about uh, futsal. But there's been... Um, there's been a couple of trips, some famous trips through through YFS involved with this this brilliant sport. Um, I don't think you've had you've had not, you've not had a chance to go to the to the IFA World Cup, Robbie, but you had a, a great experience doing the the EFA Inter- Intercontinental Futsal Cup for for you football Scotland a few years ago. Yeah, we've had two. I've had two great experiences. One maybe better than the other, given that I didn't have to spend it with you. But me and you did me and you did go out together in twenty twenty one, was it? Yes. No, twenty twenty two. Last year, twenty twenty two. Was it was it twenty twenty two? All right. Yeah, it must have been. And we donned the task of taking control of the media at the EFA Intercontinental Cup. It was an interesting experience to see the least. With some some good times. But the, the, the sangria on the sun lounge on the day off was good. That was unbelievable, mate. <laughs> sangria no, it was not apple juice no. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, apple juice and, and water, mate. Yeah, sorry. Got mi- got mixed up. No, it's a good good part of the world. We're at the more. And no, a really good experience overall. Yeah. Um that's one of the the you know, the, the benefits of, of becoming a, a volunteer at Youth Football Scotland. Some of the, the opportunities you get further down the line are to go on, on these trips. You yourself you're going away Denmark on a on a, a personal trip this week, but I I am once again once again away with for for YFS as part of my work on Thursday, heading back out to the, the kind of old neck of the woods of of, of Barcelona, where we'll be going to a neighbouring uh, town to to help cover the the World Schools Football Cup for one of our um, YFS media clients. So so that should be fantastic. But I think on on that trip, Robbie, you got to the opportunity to you know speak to, to people from from all over the world, guys from Colombia, Brazil. It was, it was really just that. A fantastic cultural experience, wasn't it? Yeah, of course, especially getting to interview them in their native <laughs> languages. Me and you both gave that a go, Adam. You embarrassingly saying that you were fluent in French. Yeah, it wasn't 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 true. At so all. I had to. Wasn't true at all. I had to. I had to match you. I had to match you with a bit of Spanish, bit of French myself, bit of Russian this year. Ooh. But I think. Sticking to the English interviews is what we should be doing from now Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Well, I, I didn't say I was I was speaking fluent French. It wasn't the case, but we're delighted to say joined by a man who speaks fluent rubbish, Robert Black from Dundee Futsal Club and the Scottish national team. Robert, um, great to have you on, on the podcast today. We've just been having a little chat briefly about some of our own um, experiences with, with futsal in a working capacity. Um, but as far as Scottish futsal name goes, you're, you're, you're right up there with, with the elite these days as, as Scotland's goalkeeper. Robert, can you tell us where your your journey with the sport all, all began? Uh, yes, yeah, so pretty much. Uh, thanks for the shout-out about the talking rubbish. Uh, <laughs> no problem at all. Hell fluent in that. Thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I just started uh, when I was younger. I was like 14 or something. And there was a social futsal available. Uh, and my, it was actually my big brother went along to it uh, and then he there was one week they were just short and I ended up just going along to help out and then I've just stuck to it uh, just love it been with it that's been now played since nearly 10 years coming up to 
I feel like I'm the old man in the sport compared to everyone. I'm one of the youngest still. <laughs> but yeah, I love it. Honestly, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah, Robert, can you try and explain to, to some of our, our listeners, it's predominantly a, a football audience, that, that won't know what futsal is, might not know what the the rules are and, and might just think it, it's just five-a-side football, but in, in reality, it's a, it's, a, it's a very different sport. Can you try and give a little overview of, of, of what you can expect in a futsal game? Yeah, well, it always gets brandished, uh, branded as one of these just five-a-side games, but there is a lot of technicalities that are different to... Uh, a lot of people as well just tend to make the assumption that futsal's all skills and tricks and that. But uh, in fact, it's a lot about rotations and about like it's a very tactical game. I find you always find that your tactical players are a lot better at this sort of game, and it always improves your tactical awareness and games as well. And the two sports do link. Like the, if I've seen players that have uh, made development in football from playing futsal as well so it is massively important but like the main sort of differences are you've got your court so it's played indoors so you don't even have to play out in the brutal Scottish rainy weather as we've seen over this past weekend especially Brilliant. Uh, so it's indoors uh, it's a court so it's not against the wall so that's where it massively differs uh, to your five-a-sides because obviously five-a-side is with a green terrible fuzzy ball as I call it the, t- the massive tennis ball, I absolutely hate it. Um, again, and then you can just bat it against the walls and that. Uh, and the ball that you use at futsal is a size four, and it's actually thirty percent. I, I believe it's thirty percent heavier, or it feels thirty percent heavier than a football. So that means that there's less bounce reduction, sort of thing, and the ball just sticks to the ground more often. Which, yet again, is another improvement of it improves in your touch. So there's no like going up for headers very rarely. See that. It's more technical with your feet, passing move sort of thing. And then there's loads of other wee rules, like kick-ins, no throw-ins, yet again, encouraging people to play with their feet rather than going up for headers or chesting it or that. Yeah, so I, I think it's a great sport to play if you're wanting to improve on your touch. I mind before I played futsal, I couldn't kick a ball two yards, never mind taking a goal kick. It was an absolute nightmare. Uh, but now I, I feel confident playing with both my feet. Uh, which is, just shows you how well, even for me as a goalie, shows you how well that playing futsal can enhance your abilities. Yeah, I think in, in this country, especially Robert, um, futsal has not been very popular. It seems to, to, however, now in the last, the, I don't know, the last five, ten years or, or, or even more recent than that, it seems to be increasing in, in popularity. Can you try and provide some sort of I don't know, um, timetable for the progression and development of, of futsal in this country, where you think it's going, where you think it's come from and, and you know, how, how far we can progress as a nation. Yeah, so I know futsal probably started in Scotland probably about 20 years ago. I think that was roughly when the first teams were formed in Perth. Um, and it's only like over the past sort of few years that we've started to see a lot of youth uh like setups go about so just now in I know in the like Edinburgh sort of uh, Dunfermline area you've got the Futsal Scotia, Glasgow you've got Joga, Perth you've got PYF and then Dundee have a youth set up and so does Aberdeen so I think everyone's finally seen the proper benefits of Futsal and trying to start it at such a young age because you see so many footballers nowadays at the highest level especially the Brazilians and such um, being like saying how their futsal backgrounds help them to be where they are now. And I think people are starting to realise that. I know 
uh, Dundee and Dundee Youth like academy age groups uh, try and encourage their teams to play futsal during the winter breaks as well. Yeah, again, because they know how beneficial it can be. So I think just now, like as you would have seen with that Scotland squad at the weekend past, although it was two results we weren't looking for, it was a completely new squad of new, younger faces, and it's just a massively improvement. The squad pool now, so like I feel the squad pool before was so little, whereas now with all the youth, the younger players coming through with these sort of teams that have youth academies that it's going to just improve massively and like it can only go up that's the most important thing people if you're starting young a lot of the people before my sort of time didn't really start playing futsal until they were a wee bit older like they're hitting 20 sort of thing after they'd play after they'd finished youth football they didn't want to play football anymore so they moved to futsal whereas now people are starting as young as like eight years old so it just shows you that it's just going to be a massive improvement and people will just be able to keep developing. What sort of opportunities are there within futsal for, for players, Robert? Because I know that there still aren't too many teams, there aren't too many guys playing it. But for those that do, there are some some great opportunities to you know really ex- excel in this game. Can you kind of go through the, the prizes in, involved for, for the guys playing at the, at the top? Yeah, level? so there's, there's, there's some excellent sort of opportunities available there's scotland squads so there's not even just the one scotland that you've got a fifa scotland which is obviously being able to play at the highest level uh, internationally and go to international tournaments and there's players there's the possibility to the way it works is you've got regional leagues so regional leagues across all of scotland i think there's we've currently got four set up and we're hoping to have a fifth one set up in the coming in the next year or so, uh, and then once you progress from the Super League, uh, sorry, the, the Regional League, you go into the Super League, and if you manage to win that Super League, you even have the opportunity to play in the Champions League uh, qualifiers. So uh, PYF Saltires that won the league last year, they uh, travelled to, uh, I want to say, I think it was Croatia. So that's an opportunity there to play at the Champions League. Everyone wants to play at the highest level possible. Um, Right, we obviously had, for the Scotland, we had the qualifiers that had just passed. Uh, sorry, we had the friendlies just at the weekend, and that's in preparation for qualifiers. We don't know where we're going yet, but it's for the Euros, uh, Euro qualifiers, so that's another opportunity. There's also other Scotland squad opportunities, so there's the IFA Scotland, uh, that me and you are very familiar with, Adam. Uh, we, managed, to, we went to Spain uh, last year. Through that, I've also managed to go to China, which was a completely different experience, mad. Uh, and also, looking at long, longer term, you've got players can get opportunities to move abroad and even play. So from from what I know of uh, Scotland just now, we have uh, Kyle Ballingal, who's the Scotland captain just now. He, when he was a wee bit younger, was in France playing futsal. Uh, he played for a year in France for Nantes. Uh, and then uh, you've got the likes of Ben O'Hanlon uh, and Ahmed Alou, who are now currently down. I saw in Kai, uh, Kai Wallace and Oscar Lucas as well, who are all currently down playing in England in the National Super League down there. And their games are getting shown in BT Sport and stuff like that. So it's really good opportunities. And then you've also got, we lost uh, from our team, Louis Anderson, who's currently abroad now uh, playing futsal for... Uh, it's a 
I can't mind the team just now exactly, but he's away in Italy. So he's actually moved away for a year and he's going to uh, carry, carry on his studies across in Italy whilst also playing futsal as well. So there's lots of opportunities that are available for people if they're wanting to travel as well. So it's a great, great sport to get into. Yeah, Robert, you yourself have had some some great opportunities. As you, you mentioned, you've travelled to, to China, to Spain, to Bulgaria, all just to, to represent your country playing the sport that you love. Have you got, have you got a highlight from, from your time playing futsal? It must be one of these trips abroad or perhaps something else? Uh, do you know what? There's so many great moments like See being able to put on your uh, put on your country's shirt in any capacity uh, to represent them in any sport, anything like it doesn't even have to be a sport, but being able to do that and say that you represented your country, even just standing there and when you're singing the national anthem, there's not a better feeling. You get goosebumps doing it. Um, it's so great. I've, I would have to go with China because China's an experience that I would never like. There's you like we went to Spain and stuff like that and. Uh, you people go to Spain all the time. You see what the culture is like in Spain, but China was somewhere that I'd never really thought I'd go in my lifetime. And to experience the culture over there uh, with IFA Scotland was something that I really thought was a great experience, and I just didn't think it would happen. So it was really good for me. What about on the court highlights? Any particular successes on the court that you're, that you're proud of? Other than oh, well, nearly goal on Saturday. I was going to say Saturday could have been it, but. Uh, <laughs> On court, I think just if there's been ones that have been really close, like I've, uh, I think being able just to play for Scotland, like just being that in that capacity, there was that under 21s final in Spain recently as well. That one we were so close to winning as well. I say I seem to be on the bad end of all these. I've yeah, you only like that game because you played well. Doesn't matter the yeah, team. I played, I played well that game, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I had you in front of me, so I had to step up my game that day. Right. <laughs> I'll make sure you get busy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, just at all to be honest, like I think I couldn't pick out an individual thing that I've loved so much. I love a wee goal every now and again. We know that as well, but. Uh, right. You see that all over the socials. <laughs> but Robert, in, in all seriousness, we're hoping that this, um, you know, that this sport that we both love will continue to to, to grow and, and develop in, in years to come. What would you like to see to change to help that? Is there, is there anything that you would like to to bring into to futsal set up in in Scotland to help you know try and push it? I think the the idea of having uh, more. I think the the youth set like. The youth setups in certain areas are very new. Uh, I think this is just what we've needed to get all this youth stuff set up. So now we've got a youth set up in every sort of region, and it's just encouraging. We need to just continue to encourage the youth to come through and then just continue with that, essentially, because that's where it needs to start. And if you start it off with it, that's what so, why so many other nations do so well, because they start at such a young age. Uh, so if we continue to start at a young age, it means we can offer, we can start, off, hopefully start to offer uh, like Scotland opportunities for like an under 18 side at futsal and mm-hmm. for the FIFA level and like under 16s, like what the Scotland FIFA men's national team for football have. Yeah. I think once we have more youth involved, then we'd be able to offer that for the youths as well. And, it'd be great. and then from that, you'd be able to, I think also with women's futsal, Currently, just now, there's bare minimum about women's futsal. 
So it's just trying to get more people involved and then offer that for all ages and all abilities. Yeah, if, if someone is listening to this, Robert, that's perhaps inspired by your story and, and thinks, you know, I, I would quite like to get involved in, in this sport, what, what would you say to them? What would you recommend to these individuals to try and get them on? Uh, How can they get involved best, in sport? The best thing would to be would be to probably message any of the social media pages. Uh, there's Scottish Futsal uh, main page, and they would direct you to probably one of the league pages. So each re- region has their own league page. Uh, or even if you just know of a club in your area, because that club might not be able to help you directly, but what they will do is point you in the right direction of who to help. And the leagues are always looking for players to get involved because, as I said, they want people to be involved as much as possible. I know in Dundee, for example, we've got uh, social nights uh, for futsal. I know in Aberdeen they're offering that as well. So there's definitely lots of opportunities, no matter what level you're at, to get involved. And as I said, there's all these youth sessions. So... It's really, there's lots of opportunities available for anyone. And as I said, we take any abilities. We just want people to come along, give it a go and have fun. That's the main thing. Yeah, it's good that you're mentioning all abilities, Robert, because there are, you know, whether you are a player who has played football at the top level and you think, you're, you know, I would like to play futsal, or maybe someone that has no experience playing um, these, sort of, these sort of, you know, ball-related activities in any capacity, it, it seems like they're, we're trying to get to a situation where there is room for, for anyone to get involved here. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, like, just because you're bad at foot, like, say your your abilities aren't the best at football, doesn't mean you can't be good at futsal as well. I've seen many football players give a, give futsal a shot and it wasn't for them. So, if you think that football wasn't for you, futsal might be the sport for you. I know it's got similarities, but it definitely is different and you can be good at one and not the other. So I would definitely encourage you to give it a shot, especially if you're close to one of the local teams in that and you want to give a commitment. It's good. Brilliant. And just finally from, from me, Robert, what's next for yourself? What's next for, for Robert Robert Black in, in the futsal game? What do you, what do you hope to achieve next? Oh, well, um, our team uh, missed out on... The, we got beat in the Scottish Cup final last year and we got beat in... We missed out in the league. Uh, just to, we were nipped to the top of the league. We finished second, so it would definitely be going for one of them sort of positions, and hopefully just trying to get more international experience under my belt. Um, obviously, I've had some good experiences so far, but I want to try and just see how many different places I can go, and then if an opportunity to go abroad or something to play like Louis doing would be, oh, that'd be out of this world sort of thing. So. Just what I keep playing as much as I can. I'm I'm even away to one of the social nights tonight myself. So <laughs> there you are. But yeah, just continue to play and just I just love it. I could just play it every night. So I think just try and continue to play as long as I can as well. Brilliant. Uh, Robert, thank you very much for for coming on. It's great for you to to share your story and try and inspire the next generation. Um myself and everyone at Youth Football Scotland would like to Wish you all the best in, uh, with the rest of your futsal career, with the exception of um, two weeks' time, where I believe we'll be facing up against each other. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'm not worried if you'll be playing, Benny. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't be laughing. I'm going to put one by you and you'll never hear the end of it. I know. I'll, I'll regret these words right now, eh? <laughs> <laughs> we're up in this out. But, uh, but, but Robert, yeah, thanks again for, for, for giving up your time to, to speak to us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Smashing. Right, so that was that was Rob there. Obviously, he's been involved in futsal for quite a while. But Adam, you yourself have just 
kind of a newbie to the sport. It's been only a couple of years. How was it that you got involved in futsal yourself and how in such a quick time have you become so involved with the sport? Yeah, well, it's it's quite strange because I was first introduced to futsal, you know, at the same time as, as you were, Robbie, kind of through through working um, with, with Football Scotland. We have various um, external partners that we do some media work for abroad. Um, the first one I worked with was the Australian Futsal Association, which I believe I started doing work for them in August 2020, maybe, around about that time, I think, um, was was the first time I was, you know, exposed to the sport, um, was kind of watching from afar, editing highlights, creating graphics, you know, just watching the sport as opposed to actually playing it, learn the rules, of course. Something I always really wanted to, to get involved in, but, you know, I was still still playing football um, at the time. I was really busy with uni and working. Didn't, you know, jump at the opportunity initially. Then we went away, uh, Robbie, to the EFA Intercontinental Futsal Cup a couple of years ago um, to work at it. That was the first time I had seen futsal, you know, in, in person, up close, watching it. And I just totally loved it and was like choking for a game the whole time I was there, which is, oh, I want to get involved, I want to get involved, I want to get involved. So um, an opportunity when we came back, uh, I found out that I was then going to be working uh, about a year and a half later at the IFA World Futsal Championships. So um, when I heard that I was going to be working at that and I heard that they were, you know, holding trials for an under-21s team, I was like, right, well, that's coming up. I need to be in that team. <laughs> a bit bold of me because I hadn't actually played the sport before. So I was, I was like, I initially went along to a few of the, the well, the trials or, or training sh- sessions just to, you know, help out with the, putting up the VO camera and work at it. But because I'd played football at a, a semi-respectable level um, beforehand, I was asked to, you know, kind of help out the numbers and just just play. But then I don't know. I was playing that every weekend for maybe a month or two before. You know, the, the guys who had organised the team thought, well, listen, you're going to be at the tournament anyway. You you know all of the boys. Um, You've been playing well. You've learned the sport. Do you want to come and play? Now, that was with no expectation of getting much game time at all. It was more just because because this, this wasn't a funded trip that uh, there weren't many bodies travelling for the, for the under-21s team. So I, of course, said yes, joined as part of the team. Um. Absolutely loved that trip away playing for, you know, getting to represent my, my country on the 21 level against Spain, Australia and um, the USA. That was for part of the, the IFA. So as Robert was saying, this was different to, to, you know, the FIFA men's team. This was an, an unofficial Scotland team, if you like it. You know, you, you paid you paid to play if you if you like. Um, you still had to be picked to obviously go, um, but it was different in, in the sense that we weren't, you know, watched playing for club teams and, and then called up. Slightly different, um, but it was a, a brilliant opportunity. Loved it, met some amazing friends for life, like like Robert on that trip. Uh, when I come back, I was desperate to get involved in, in, in club futsal. And I joined the uh, Joga Futsal Academy based in Glasgow. Um, play currently for their, their first team in the, in the Super League. Spent a bit of time out injured, but um, back now. Um, and then after the first Super League game of this season, we beat Letham Santos, a well-established Super League team. We beat them 12-4 in the opening day of the season. And the Letham Santos manager happens to be the you know the, the FIFA men's team 
um, first team manager of, for, for Scotland and he asked my coach if myself and another two of our players, Lewis and Cooper, if they wanted to be part of the Scotland national team for upcoming international friendlies against Northern Ireland. And that's taken us to as recently as, as this weekend. So, yeah, I don't have anywhere near the same experience in the sport as what, what Robert does, um, nor do I have anywhere close to the, the level of knowledge he does on the sport. Um, still fairly new to it, only really been involved for, for a couple of years, but had the, the privilege of, of representing my country at IFA under-21s level and at FIFA men's level. But I've absolutely loved and uh, loved doing that and love playing for for Jogo. It's a it's a it's a privilege and, and an honour. I, I just absolutely love the sport. I would strongly recommend and encourage anyone um you know that's thinking about getting involved in futsal to just to just do it. Go for it. There's there's so many great opportunities. We've touched on your performance against Northern Ireland at the weekend. Obviously, a two on defeat in that one. How how did you get on at the IFA World Cup? Yeah, the IFA World Cup, we kind of got, uh, well, we got slapped a few times. To <laughs> I think um, we, 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 like the way it worked was the, the under-21 sides played as part of the men's groups as well. Right, okay. So, like, when we were putting, like, the USA men's team just, like, slapped us, slapped us. <laughs> but all that matters is when we played against other under-21s teams. And when we played Australia under-21s, um, they only beat us by one goal in the last game. <laughs> so we didn't win any games when we were there, but in the last game against Australia under-21s, we nearly threw it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's as good as it was. It was, it was really, really, it was really fun. Really enjoyed the trip. But, yeah, we took some uh, heavy defeats early in the tournament, put it that way. No, but, yeah, as you and Rob say, it's obviously quite a developing sport in Scotland. There is definitely a long way to go and hopefully over the next kind of decade or two these results can change we might be able to get a, a few victories just like the men's national team yeah I think that there's, there's, there's some top players coming through like I had the, the privilege of playing with Louis Anderson as well that Robbie's uh, uh, Robert's already spoken about that's now playing futsal professionally in Italy so you can get boys like that playing that have you know played from a young age and, and come all the way through then we'll, we'll I think we'll, we'll definitely improve in the next few years yeah, just like Rob said, it'll be there's plenty of opportunities to get involved in futsal now. So hopefully some of our younger listeners might be inspired to get involved, get that chance at a younger age and hopefully, you know, just have a bit more experience than someone who started at your age. But yeah. obviously your background is more football. We've heard many a stories of your childhood traumas and heroics. But how how like Rob touched on it himself, but how do you think that futsal has benefited your footballing ability? Yeah, so my uh, footballing ability was in desperate need of something to help it. But, <laughs> and futsal has absolutely done done that. I think um, certainly, you know, everyone always, as, as Rob, Rob, Robert touched on, that everyone thinks futsal is just all about doing skills and, and all the rest of it. But the biggest part of the game is, is the tactical side of it. It's fascinating. It's like a, I hate the cliche, but it is like a game of chess. Like when you only have five players on the court, you're you're man for man all over the court. If if you give if you give the ball away, and you know your defensive third or middle third, your opponents can score within two passes. It is uh, you have to be tactically spot on. You can't be any gaps. Um, you defend as a as a tight diamond. It's all about being, you know, um, really tight and difficult to break down. It's 
improved me massively um, in the defensive side of the game for, for playing football more tactically aware. So when it's come to, you know, playing, uh, playing uh, for my first team at the University of Strathclyde for, for football, which when we're playing, you know, now the team's in uh, Bucks Division 1, that's quite a high quite a high level of, of, of football where you need to be tactically aware. You need to know where to be. You need to, you know, fill gaps. Can't You can't be beaten easily. It certainly helped in, in that um, respect. I also think it's, it's made me more confident in the ball. I think futsal, you like to, you get plenty of touches and, you know, the, the more touches of the ball you're, you're seeing in a week, you always feel more comfortable, whether it's a, a futsal ball or, or a football at your feet, I think. You just always feel feel more comfortable, and it's allowed me to, you know, express myself and 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 do some cool things in the court that I've then been able to take into practice on a eleven aside football as well. So, absolutely, I think being a a futsal player can improve your game as as an eleven aside footballer. But that doesn't mean that good football players can be good futsal players, and it also doesn't mean that good futsal players can be good football players. They're not. It's not two things that. Um, just because you're good at one means you're good at the other. Like it, it can mean that, but um, that's not necessarily always the case. Yeah, that's like the kind of tactical side of it. I do remember going into that EFA tournament, the first one that me and you went to cover, thinking that you know every player was going to be like Neymar, but yeah. <laughs> very, very much not the case. The team that won it were they were Brazilian, to be fair. Yeah, but and there was, there's plenty of players who do all these tricks there's loads yeah of there is like like you will see boys whip out rainbow flicks like that yeah. that that happened with the with the Brazilians but I think that's it's only kind of when it's really tight areas 1v1 where players are trying to get out of trouble that that, that, that happens it is more tactical than it is a show if you like yeah, and I remember us talking about that when we were at the tournament and that that Brazil Brazilian team especially Colorado it was the the way that they always knew where they were going to be and like especially the thing that I found almost like one of the better things to watch was see when there's a set piece like a free kick mm. everyone knows exactly where to go where to be there's clearly been a lot of work done in training before these kinds of games and yeah it's just like there's plenty of players who don't there was plenty of players there also who don't look like footballers who <laughs> were just absolutely fantastic yeah yeah as interesting point you make about the, the set pieces like now for our, our Scotland training when we are training with the national team on, on a Sunday you spend an hour in the classroom before you, you go to training we spent an hour in the classroom before the game on, against Northern Ireland you've got to you know do your homework and learn your corners learn your, your free kicks because if, if one piece of that you know four piece jigsaw if you like when, when attacking isn't right it falls to bits and then, the other, then you're vulnerable and the other team can score so it's, it's really good and it, it requires a lot of thought. It can be mentally draining, but it, it's so, so fun. No, it definitely is. Great to hear that Scotland are progressing as they are. It's been good to hear from Rob today. And it's, you know, we'd give you a lot of stick for your footballing <laughs> ability on here, Adam. But we are glad that you found something that you were maybe a wee bit more confident at. And we hope you're, you're broadcasting not enough, though. <laughs> now nah, we hope your futsaling career can continue further and hopefully you'll get a few more games for Scotland yeah well um, maybe it's going to be tough there's there was a lot of guys involved in those games over the weekend so that squad will be cut down in January I wouldn't expect to be picked for the next camp but you know still new to this so you never know you never know how's your own how's your own club team doing so far 
Uh, we've only had one league game so far. The kind of right. way the, the fixtures have worked. Um, one twelve four against Letham Santos, but we're going well. Of course, just, just just the one game, but hopefully we can keep that up for the rest of the season. Perfect. Perfect. Well, it was a nice thing that that Robert mentioned that it's you know futsal indoors. You don't need to worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know the, the the harsh weather in Scotland, especially you know through the winter. Um, unfortunately, the weekend we didn't have any reporters out for that reason. Um, games all across the country getting postponed, even at the top level, including the, the game that you you tried to get to, and couldn't. Do you think that? It's maybe time to have a discussion, certainly for grassroots football, about a, a change of calendar, perhaps playing football over, over the summer period as opposed to the winter. Oh, it's a big debate. It's a debate that kind of comes around every year, especially when we start getting into winter, getting into those harsh conditions. There are reasons for both sides. I can see, especially in the men's game, there's a lot of defenders off winter football. But hmm. I think... In terms of a grassroots sense, it just seems to make more sense to me. When I was like, when I was growing up in Inverness, obviously I didn't play to a very high standard at all. But the the leagues that I was involved in were always in the summertime. It was always kind of after school, late at nights, grass pitches, no need for floodlights, mm. anything like that. So I don't know. I think there's there's a lot of people who are looking towards summer football and I think you yourself Adam I believe that you think it would be a good move yeah I'll die on this hill this I, I fully um, you know respect the argument around that the professional football calendar has to stay you know the way it is so that it fits in with you know all of the international breaks Champions League your continental competitions I get that and I'll happily keep it that way for pyramid football in Scotland, right? Where they have better facilities, they have floodlights, whatever. But I cannot understand why grassroots football has to follow the same calendar. There was nothing worse when I was a kid waking up on a Saturday morning and your game's cancelled. Ruined my week. It was terrible. All the kids do all summer anyway is play football with their pals waiting for the, the season to begin. I'm waiting for you to get a game. I get um, in the summer holidays, people are on holiday or, or whatever, and you might not have the same level of, of participation all the way around. But the whole country didn't go on holiday the same days, right? There's going to be kids missing every week. That's just the, that's just the way it is. I think grassroots level, all SYFA games um, should follow a summer calendar. Like, um, you know, from, I don't know, March to November, Maybe you know first first week in March to the to the first week in November. I think that would make sense. You can you, you can you can shut down for for a few months, or you can extend that even longer if you like. But the best months of football here, which allow you to play both some uh, both at the weekend and at night, are June and July, and a ball isn't kicked unless you're playing late cup finals in June. A ball is not kicked in, in June or July. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. If you're picking two months of the year, that should be you know written off it should be January and December because you never kick a ball there anyway and you get to this situation where I remember being played at under 13s and under 14s where you'll have game after game cancellations right away from November stretching through to February then it, you get to a stage just as the clocks change after Easter and in April where you're playing three games a week every week from then right until the end of June and it's like there's a lot of kids there's a lot of teams sorry they don't have a lot of players and that can be quite stressful when you're playing 
three games a week or playing Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Now, you know, as a as a kid, I used to love that because it's like, oh, constant football, we don't need to go to training, but it's not beneficial. And it's rubbish when you're not, get, not getting a game for, you know, I remember one year having to wait a month, a month for a game of football during the winter. It's just, it doesn't make any sense to me. It would also save teams a lot of money. There are teams forking out extortionate, forking out for, to pay for extortionate AstroTurf facilities and floodlit AstroTurf facilities um, over the winter period when, when they already have pay for council parklets that would take away a lot of uh, you know the, the, the big costs over the winter where teams are paying hundreds of pounds per night for a third of of, of an AstroTurf just to just not only just for it to be playable but just to have some light in the summer you've got the light the grass is, is fine. It baffles me. I honestly think, I honestly can't see any reason as to why you wouldn't want to, to have summer football. And as I said, it's, it is the hill I will die on. That We need it. And we need it for all SYFA football. Yeah, that's a good point you make, especially with the facilities. In terms of flood, like all these places are getting more expensive. Like we've heard plenty and we've mentioned before in terms of like the cost of living, stuff like that. But, that is just true. Like electricity prices like that are going up. A lot of these venues are saying that the cost of keeping things like floodlights right, like running, are why that their prices are going up. I play, like I play five aside every week, and we've just been told that our our price has gone up to like thirty quid a game. So like for five of us splitting thirty quid, it's okay when you're a student who's getting student loan, and. Like, you know, yeah, and that's only for your team as well. The other team will also be paying 30 quid. Yeah, exactly. So 60 yeah. quid for a five-a-side pitch. Mental. How's a kid like, you know, you used to you used to live in Townhead yourself. It's not the most affluent area. How's a kid's gonna how are kids gonna be able to afford to fork out that kind of money? No, it's ridiculous. If you're talking about that, that's six pounds six pound the player to play, you know, for an hour. playing that every week. It's, it's, it's ridiculous and I know I don't know the, the exact prices but I know the kind of going rate for an 11 aside um, for that AstroTurf pitch is what I believe to be around about £100-ish maybe a little bit more um, especially if you're, you're rent, if you're renting you know a facility with proper changing room facilities and stuff I think that's a little bit more expensive it can be anywhere between £100 and £150 um that's if you have it on like for the season and you're getting a, obviously a discount because you're using it every week. But there's teams having to get it on a Tuesday night, Thursday night, Saturday morning, or you know Monday night, Wednesday night, Sunday morning. You know it's like three times a week. It's the prices are extortionate. You can't. It's not. It's not sustainable when you've got all of these council pitches um, not being used for months. So I think from a financial perspective. And just from a common sense perspective, to get people playing more football, I would, I would love, to, I would love to see some of football. Also, people like oh, it follows the same calendar as, as as the professional football. You would get more boys playing if you played it through the summer as well, because there are a lot of boys that also don't want to play football, um, for teams on a Saturday morning because they 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 might go and watch a, a Rangers or a Celtic on, on a Saturday, and that's what they do at the, at the weekend. What what would they do in the summer when when that's not on? They would go and play, and you get more bo- more boys playing. Um, not to mention we've not even touched on the fact that when winter football is on it's miserable and it's freezing and you're asking 
kids that have barely got meat over their bones to, you know, try and play football with no underarmor and short sleeve kits and minus two <laughs> freezing conditions. And the, these guys, as I said, are just little 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 boys or little girls who, you know, there's there's no insulation in their bodies yet. They're too young. So they're, just, they're just freezing right to the bone. I just can't see why anyone would want to, to keep the current, you know, August to May calendar. If you're, if you're chucking two months and you're fucking June and July, it's just nonsensical in my opinion. Yeah, like we could, we, me and you could harp on all evening about this. We both have made our own feelings pretty clear. We'll definitely have to get some other people involved in football to come on and discuss this further with us. Yeah, we need to debate. We need someone from like that that backs the current calendar to come on, just so we can just slaughter them for an hour. If they exist. <laughs> yeah, if they exist, yeah. But no, that was. Yeah, I think. Yeah, we'll definitely have. We'll definitely touch on this more going forward but should probably leave it leave that there we don't want to end on too bad a note we obviously didn't have anyone at games this weekend we talked about that earlier like why we don't have a YFS report on but we touched on last week Celtic Lazio uh, in the UEFA Youth League when Celtic came back from behind got a late penalty from Mackenzie Cars, Reese Cooper one of our young volunteers, Reese Cooper, has done a vlog that has been uploaded to the Youth Football Scotland YouTube TV channel. So please check that out and show him some support. Yeah, Reese is fantastic, by the way. So um, Reese had a bit of experience doing vlogging before he, he joined the Youth Football Scotland team on his own personal channel. So absolutely check out that video because Reese is really good at what he does and has, you know, for, for his age, I think Reese is only about 15 or 16, and he already is, is, is attending, you know, premiership matches in, in the press box, asking questions to, to, to first-team premiership managers. So Reese is, is definitely one to watch in the in the broadcasting and journalism kind of media industry. So absolutely give give that, that vlog a, a watch from from his coverage of the, the Celtic Lazio game from, from last week. But, Robbie, um, it's, been, it's been a lonely episode between ourselves and Robert. No, no other volunteers to, to bounce off, but a, an enjoyable one nonetheless. Thank you again for, for your company. Uh, thanks for the, the ears of, of our lovely listeners again this weekend we hope you enjoy episode 12 of the Youth Football Podcast remember we'll be back every week we're making a commitment we're not going to miss one um, this season as we did towards the end of last season so we hope you enjoyed we'll see you all again next week bye